Hello, beautiful people, and welcome back to another episode of BU with Declan Edwards. Today, we are talking about the question, can money buy happiness? Now, if you've read some blog articles I've put out before, or you've been following this journey for a while, you would know that we have a say a non-traditional perspective on this question uh, in the sense that yes we do believe money can buy happiness I'm going to talk to you today about why that is um, why I believe that personally and also where you can put money to get happiness we're not just gonna say yes you can buy happiness but we're gonna tell you exactly where to get it think of it like a happiness vending machine you put money in you get happiness back now, that sounds like a damn good deal to me if you ask someone who stresses about money a bit or you, know, you find you're good with you're getting the hang of saving money, but you're not enjoying it. You're not really um, getting the most bang for your buck, you could say, both in terms of obviously uh, saving and turning it into some more financial security, but more importantly, using it to create um, happiness for yourself and using it to create a more fulfilling life. Because at the end of the day, money is just a tool. And if you are not using the tool in a way that provides fulfillment to you, then you're not using it correctly. So if that's you, make sure you tune into this whole episode. I'm going to go deep into uh, why money does in fact buy happiness. I'm going to share my story around that. And as I said, I'm going to share with you guys three places where you can put your money in order to get happiness back. So if you're someone who's tuning in, and you've spent your whole life thinking money does not buy happiness. I want to start by saying I don't blame you. That is such a common story that we hear around money. I know for me growing up, I heard that saying about a thousand times from my mum. And I heard it on TV and obviously we hear it in songs. And there is this societal perception around money that you can't buy anything of true meaning and value with it. You can just get material things. But that is not the case. Now, as I said, I believed this for nearly my whole life, definitely most of my childhood and really the start of my uh, adult life. And I found that because I was pursuing happiness and well-being and fulfillment in life, and I also had this belief that money doesn't buy happiness, well, then I was the kind of guy that if you asked me what I thought of money, I'd just say, look, I don't really care either way. I'm not pro-money. I'm not against money. I'm sort of just whatever money's money. But at the same time, I'd be stressed when I didn't have enough of it in the bank, right? So as much as it's all good, good and safe, you're someone listening who's like, yeah, I'm like that. I'm like, you know, I don't really care about money. I bet you do care about it when it comes time to pay the bills, when it comes time to pay the rent and put a roof over your head. Or if something happens unexpectedly, touch wood, hopefully it doesn't happen medically with you or your family. I bet you'll, then you give a, 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 you place a lot of value on the tool that is money. And so again, I had all these beliefs around money, like money, makes people bad. I had this idea that you know, you know, rich bastards was something I'd always heard. So I was like, okay, if you've got a lot of money, you must be a bastard. You must be a bad person. But the more I dove into it, and the more I actually invested in some money mindset coaching myself, one of my amazing coaches helped me and worked on my perception of money and my relationship with it for about six months. And that changed everything for me. I started to see money as what it is. It is just a tool that we can use to make a difference in the world. And that difference can be positive, it can be negative, it can be whatever we make it to be, but it's just a tool to be used. And I know throughout that process of changing my money mindset, I came across an amazing man called Daniel Gilbert. If you've not checked out Daniel Gilbert, definitely check him out. Specifically, he has this great, 
great video on YouTube called Happiness, What Your Mother Didn't Tell You. And he basically goes down and breaks down all of these stories that our parents would normally tell us about happiness. One of them, of course, is that money doesn't buy happiness. But then he breaks down all the research and goes, well, actually, from what we're finding by studying this, and now they do this amazing research with economists, psychologists, right? They brought these fields together and they went, can money actually buy happiness? And what they found was, yes, it can. Dollar for dollar, the more you make per year, the happier you will be, the better your well-being will be up until a point. So there's a tipping point where it doesn't have much of an impact anymore. And that tipping point, it, depending on what study you look like, is somewhere between seventy-five to 90000 per year, which is a, a fair income, right? It's sizable, but it's not what most people think. If I said to you, at what point does money no longer buy any more happiness? Most people say that mythical six-figure income, you know, the 100000 150000 per year income. That's not the case. Now, obviously, this depends on where you're living, like cost of living will have an impact, but let's just go general rule of thumb based on the studies. What they've found is the more money you make per year, up to about seventy-five to 90000 a year, the happier you will be. And I'd go ahead and ask you guys why you think that is. And you might already be pondering that yourself. But what if we look at it from the other angle? Right? What if we go, would your well-being be affected if you didn't have enough money to put fuel in the car? Would your well-being be affected if you didn't have enough money to pay for a gym membership? Would your well-being be affected if you didn't have the funds to travel? Would it be affected if you didn't have the money to put food on the table? And of course, the answer is yes. Of course, I would be more stressed. Of course, I'll be more overwhelmed. Of course, my well-being would drop if I didn't have enough money to cover my basic survival needs and you know, maybe some experiences along the way as well. And so we look at it from that angle of, well, money is definitely going to have an impact on well-being if we don't have enough of it. It makes sense that as we make money and we go up towards that seventy-five to 90000 year cutoff point, look, realistically at that point, unless you're really, really bad with money, you can easily put a roof over your head, you can easily put fuel in the car, you can probably travel once or twice a year, you're definitely putting food on the table, right? If you're making 90000 a year, I'm going to call it right now, if you live in Australia and you're making 90000 a year, and you're really financially struggling, you're just really bad at working with money. Like, sit down, put a budget together, find out where it's going, because I'm promising you there's money that can be pulled from somewhere. So for me, that was a really big wake-up call of, okay, yes, money buys happiness up to this certain tipping point. But then I got curious, well, what happens after that? Like, if that was the case, is there any point in making more money? Um, If we're looking for a life of happiness, fulfillment, and joy... Can we use money past that tipping point to be even happier, to be even more fulfilled? And so I started researching and and diving into the research of where can we put money so that we get happiness in return. And what I'm going to run you guys through now on the podcast is the three big areas that really stand out from the research where you can actually put money in and get happiness back. And I want to put a note before we jump into the first one. When I say you get happiness back, I don't mean the short-term you know, little hedonic rush that comes where you spend money on online shopping and then afterwards you get buyer's remorse and you feel really regretful afterwards and you feel really down, so you go and buy more stuff online. But no, I'm talking about long-term fulfillment, like that nice long-term contentment style of happiness. I'm going to teach you the three areas where you can put money to get that back because that is so much more valuable than any type of short-term happiness. 
So let's jump into it, shall we? So the first area where you can put money and get happiness back. Now, I call this the happiness vending machine. I like to imagine a vending machine in front of me. You know, if you're listening along, you might do this with me as well, just to humor me, because why not? Imagine a vending machine in front of you, and there's only three items in the vending machine. So you've got three choices. Now, all three of them are going to give you long-term happiness and well-being back in return for your money. Like what a great vending machine. Imagine if that was, if we had vending machines like that, like around the world, people would just go straight for them. Instead, we have vending machines that give that short-term happiness. Like they give the sugar rush or they, you know, charge your phone. I've seen vending machines now that charge phones. And we're not talking about where can we put money to get longer-term happiness. Well, the first area where you can put it is memories and experiences. Now, what do I mean by that? This could be travel, it could be going out to dinner, it could be checking out a live band, uh, anything that creates a memory or experience where you look at it and you go, you know what, I'm going to remember that for such a long time, that was such an enjoyable experience, I really loved that. And as I said, like the amount of money doesn't matter, like you don't have to go on these massive, luxurious, extravagant overseas holidays. If you can and you've got the budget for it, awesome, go for it, happy days, like it's been said that travel is the only thing we can buy that makes us richer, and I do believe that. I don't believe it's the only thing, but I do believe it makes us richer. Um, but you don't have to go to those big ones. If your budget will only allow you to get away for like a weekend to somewhere you've never been before, awesome. Like go camping. That costs next to nothing. But the money you put into going camping for the weekend will provide a memory and an experience that you can look back on years later and go, remember that time we went camping over the break, we went for three days, and how much fun was that? Right. So as I said, it's anything that you're like, I'm really going to remember this. So this isn't your day-to-day, you know, stock standard. If, if, if there's a restaurant that you're always going to now, I'm going to go ahead and tell you that that's unlikely. Like that's maybe the first time you went, it paid a massive amount of happiness dividends. Right? You went, oh my God, the experience was so good. The waitress was amazing. The food was great. The company was great. I loved it, right? But every time you go back there, especially if you're doing it regularly, it's going to become a little bit less in how much long-term happiness and fulfillment it gives you in return for your money, simply because it just becomes routine. As soon as something becomes a routine, it's not providing that that experience and that memory that you're going to look back on. So shaking it up a little bit is something I highly, highly recommend and advise. I'd like to give you a moment now to think about in your life, where have you spent money on memories and experiences and look back and go, that was the best thing I could have done. I know for my wife and I, travel is a huge part of who we are. We try and travel at least once or twice a year. And that's just part of, we know that that gives us a more fulfilling and enriched life. And even whilst we're traveling, you know, we try and stick to a spending budget. Don't get me wrong. We're pretty smart with our money. But if there's an amazing experience, it's like once in a lifetime, we're like, you know what, let's do that. Like when I was in New Zealand, for example, and I paid to skydive and do three bungee jumps in like three days. That is something I will never, ever, 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 ever forget. I get it scarred into my brain uh, for all the good reasons, I hope. But I'm never going to forget that. It's a great story. It's something that every time I, I tell friends about it, I get enjoyment from it because I'm revisiting the memory. And it's a great experience. It's something to add to my memory bank, right? So... What is it for you? Is it travel? Is it seeing live music? Is it going out to new restaurants? Like, What is something that really lights up your soul, that creates a memory experience that you genuinely love doing? And what I would recommend is when you're doing your financial budget, yes, budget money to 
cover your basic living expenses. And yes, budget some money for savings in an emergency fund or for investing if you're inclined into investing. But there should also be a third part of your budget where you go, how are we going to use some money towards the three things in the happiness vending machine? And I'd be recommending, how can we use some money towards these experiences? As I said, I know my wife and I, we know how much we have in our budget per year to travel. We know how much we have in our budget per year to go to live music events and see musicians that we really enjoy. And that really was a, a such a valuable change in our approach to money. And we've made some amazing, amazing memories over the last two years, literally by using that strategy. So go ahead and jump into that one. Now, the second item in the happiness vending machine, and I should probably mention here, these are not weighted in terms of like order one, two, or three, right? It's not better or worse. It's just three different ways you can spend money to get long-term happiness back. So, you know, you don't need to think, you know, the gold standard is memories and experiences. And if I can't do that, then there's nothing else I can do. No, that is not the case. You can choose from one of these other two as well. Obviously, I mean, I'm a big believer if you can do a little bit of all three, that's the best approach. If you can do a little bit of memories and experiences and a little bit of these next two, happy days for you. So the second place where you can put money to get happiness back is anything to do with investing back into yourself. Now, what does that mean? What does it look like? Obviously, you know, I run BU Coaching with my team and that is a personal development uh, company that helps people improve their mindset and well-being. So Instantly, people go, nah, Declan's making this up. He's a bit biased towards this one. And I get it. You know, I am biased towards it because it's changed my life so much. But the research really shows that when we put money back into ourselves, we get a long-term reward. We get a long-term sense of happiness and fulfillment and achievement. And that could be anything from, you know, signing up to a fitness class that you really enjoy and looking after yourself physically. It could mean... Uh, learning an instrument and upskilling. It could mean learning a language. It could mean hiring a coach through us at BU, right? Working with a coach on your mindset and emotional well-being. Anything to do with your personal growth, your well-being, or learning new skills for yourself has been shown to give a long-term um, return on investment in terms of happiness and well-being. But here's the catch. It has to be, especially if it's a skill one, it needs to be a skill that you care about. So it can't be like, Let's say I was to just force upon you that you had to learn the violin and you couldn't stand the violin, right? You were just not up for it. You weren't a fan of it. You don't like that style of music. You're not interested. Obviously, you can put thousands upon thousands upon thousands of dollars into learning that skill. It is not going to make you any happier. It's not going to bring any more fulfillment to your life. So it's going to be a skill that you care about, that you're passionate about, and that you feel is helping you move towards the person and the life that you want to live. The person that you want to be in the life you want to live, I should say. So again, it's about getting really clear on well, what matters to you as an individual. What do you really care about? I know for me, investing money into music, into learning guitar, into playing on really nice guitars. I'm actually currently in the market for a new acoustic, so that's why it's on my mind. I'm literally looking out at them. Um, I know that that brings a lot of value and happiness and well-being to my life because that's my thing. That's my downtime. Like when I'm not doing stuff in the coaching space, when I'm not helping people with their mindset and well-being and driving this company forward and really spreading this movement and this making an impact globally with it, my downtime is I pick up my guitar and I play music. And so I know that when I've got a guitar that I really love playing on and when I upskill and invest in learning new songs and becoming better at it, that means a lot to me. Another thing that really stands out to me is obviously coaching. 
again, I'm biased to it. I run a coaching company, I know, but the reason I keep investing in having great coaches in my corner is because I know it works. Like it, 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 it changes people's lives, mine included. I'm no different to you guys listening, right? I'm not some superhuman. I'm where I am thanks to the amazing team of coaches I've had in my back corner since I was very young. And I keep choosing to put money in my own education and development and learning and, and having those coaches hold me accountable because I know that it brings more happiness and well-being to my life. And I also pay money towards having a gym membership for the same reason. I know when I'm when I'm fit, when I'm healthy, when I'm active, when I'm looking after my body, I'm happier. So why wouldn't I put money towards that to hold me accountable to it? As much as I like to tell myself I'll work out at home, I don't work out at home, right? <laughs> I just know that, that I'm not that kind of guy. So for you, I'd, again, I'd encourage you to ask, where have you in the past put money that has brought you happiness and well-being because you invested that money into yourself. You put it into your well-being, you put it into your physical well-being, you put it into your growth, you put it into learning a new skill that mattered to you. And as you look back, recognize that, yeah, the reason you got happiness and well-being off that is it's because that uh, this is one of those things in the happiness vending machine. It's something that's scientifically proven to give you happiness in return for, for your money, somewhere where you can literally buy happiness. And the last thing in the happiness vending machine, and, and for those who are still with me, congratulations and well done. I know sometimes it's very easy to just do part of a podcast and not listen to the whole thing. I do try and keep these as short as I can for you guys whilst giving as much value as possible. Um, ironically, I forgot to mention the, the upskilling and learning and developing that we spoke about in the second thing in the, uh, the happiness vending machine. Listening to this podcast is one of those. Right? Doing an online course is one of those. Working with BU Coaching, getting a coach is one of those things. It is investing in your own um, well-being and your own personal growth. So, of course, it's going to give long-term happiness in return for your money. What a great investment. And again, super cheeky, shameless self-plug. I know that I'm biased towards it. But honestly, if you've been on the fence and you've been thinking about doing something with BU and whether it be an online course, a coaching program, a live event, take this as your sign. Like, Honestly, the science is saying that you will get long-term happiness and well-being off the back of putting money into this area. And we've got something that suits every single budget. So you don't have to worry about what can I afford it, can I not. Look, just message one of our team. If you email grow at bucoaching.org, one of our team will have a chat to you about that and make sure we get something that's going to benefit you the most but also fit your life and fit your budget so you're not stressed about it. Now, before you do that, though, or maybe you're quickly running now, and if you are, hats off to you. Well done for being proactive and jumping straight onto the email to message the team about that opportunity. But if you're still listening, the third thing in this vending machine, and I think it's beautiful, the third thing is altruism or giving back, helping other people. And the way they studied this, I think it's so cool, they gave half of a college group $20 each and said, you've got 24 hours to spend that on anything you want for yourself, and then we'll track how happy you are. And they tracked it for like two weeks afterwards, and what they found is when people bought something for themselves for $20, it spiked, like their happiness went up when they got the $20. They're like, yes, free money. Uh, and then it spiked again when they actually purchased something for themselves, be it a product or a service or food or whatever, right? But they, so it spiked, went back down, spiked when they bought something, and it went back down quite quickly. Like the happiness only really increased for, I think it was less than a day, and then it was back to baseline very fast. Needless to say, weeks later, they'd forgotten about it. The other half of the college class was given $20. And the instruction was, you've got $20 to spend on doing something nice for someone else. 
And what they found is, again, happiness went up when they found out about this. And then it went down again, but it didn't go down by as much as the first group. It sort of stayed higher than average because people started thinking about all the nice things they were going to do for other people. And some people, you know, bought coffee for other people. Some people took people out for lunch. Some people shouted an experience. Some people just gave it away, right? It doesn't really matter what they did. What they found is when they did something nice for someone else with that $20, their happiness levels skyrocketed. Right? It is, there's, there's a beautiful outcome of giving without expectation in return where both people, the person receiving something and the person giving it, both become happier, which is incredible. But what's even more amazing is when they surveyed this half of the college group over the next two weeks, their average happiness level was still higher than baseline two weeks later. So for the sake of $20 to do something nice for someone else, they increased their level of happiness and well-being for two weeks, whereas the group that spent it on themselves up basically straight back down in 24 hours. That's amazing. Now, I'm not saying with altruism you have to give back a ton of money to a charity. It can be something as small as that, like 20 bucks once a month or something, just do something nice for someone. It can be shouting your friends or your family member dinner, right? It can be donating to a charity or a cause that you really believe in. Whatever it is for you, like that is such a cool area to put our money, especially if you are making more than that seventy dollars to $90,000 a year. But if you're making more than that, especially substantially more than that, I, I saw J.K. Rowling uh, became the first billionaire in history to drop off the billionaires list because of how much money she'd given away to charitable causes. And they asked her about it, and her quote was, if you reach a position in your life where you have more than you'll ever need, it is your duty and your responsibility to help lift others up, to help make a difference in other people's lives. And I think too often people forget that, or they say to themselves, I'll give back once I'm a millionaire. It's like, no, you can be giving back like so much earlier than that. You can make a difference so much sooner than that. You don't need to wait till you're rolling in a bathtub of cash. Right? The, the money you make now you can break off like 1% of it if you want. If you make, let's say you make $1,000 a week. 1% of that is $10 a week. That's two coffees. Just go without two coffees and then put that towards helping someone else and making a difference to a cause that you believe in. And not only are you making a positive impact in the world, but you're literally going to be happier from it anyway. Like you're going to be happier than those two coffees could have ever made you. And I know some avid coffee drinkers are like, this is blasphemy. There's no way that you will be, you will be so much happier and more fulfilled if you use that $10 towards doing something for someone else and helping someone else. So again, to recap, the three choices you have for using your money to buy happiness, because yes, it's possible. Yes, money buys happiness, but you've got to know where to spend it. And I hope you notice that none of the three areas were materials. That fancy new car does not bring happiness. The bigger house with the extra bathroom does not bring happiness. Um, the luxury clothes and designer handbags, they do not bring happiness. None of that shit brings happiness in the long term. So stop fucking wasting your money putting it there when you can put it towards these three areas we spoke about, put it towards memories and experiences, put it towards personal growth and your own self-care and put it towards altruism and helping others. Because if you do that, you're doing something great for the world, you're doing something great for everyone else and you're doing something great for yourself. So everyone wins.
I hope that you enjoyed this week's episode of Be You with Declan Edwards. I know money is something that is still so taboo and so many people don't talk about openly, which is crazy because as I said at the start, it is a tool that makes a difference in our lives and in the lives of others, especially if we know how to use it well. I hope that by tuning into this week's episode of the podcast, you have learned more about how to use your money well and how to use your money to buy happiness, not only in your life, but in other people's lives. As I said, if you are someone who's like, you know what, I want to use my money towards making a difference. Now, as a heads up, those three things, experiences and memories, uh, personal development and personal growth, looking after yourself and altruism, we have actually built our signature six-month coaching program around those three things. So obviously, a massive part of the program is your self-care and your personal development and learning how to build your mindset and well-being. That's taking care of yourself. That's the second one in the vending machine. However, we also do challenge days, guest expert days, and social events for our members so that they have that memory and experience. In January, we actually took a lot of our members in the Newcastle region cliff jumping, and that is something that none of us will ever forget. We've had social dinners, we've had Christmas parties, we've had a, we had a bunch of members at my house at one point playing Cards Against Humanity on the balcony, which is so inappropriate, but also hilarious, and it creates a memory that we'll all cherish. And then also, BU is very proud to uh, be registered with Pledge 1%, and that's where we donate 1% of our revenue every year to the United Nations Global Sustainable Goals. So for every person who invests in their own well-being and who invests in their own development through getting a coach with BU, we actually use 1% of our revenue every year to give back to charitable causes like cleaning up the oceans, uh, providing food to those who are hungry, providing training and education to those in underprivileged nations. And again, that's just a reflection of, of our way of going, we want to make an impact to a trillion people starting with self. And the, if we use money as a tool to do, do that, here is how we can use it. We'll put money into these three areas. So if you have been on the fence, if you've been thinking about doing something with us, if you've been thinking about starting your coaching journey and really taking the next step forward after listening to this podcast, best thing you can do is email the team at grow, G-R-O-W, at bucoaching.org, or you can check out on our website, there's a section all about our coaching program where you can book in a complimentary connection call with one of our team just to make sure we are the right fit for each other and this is the right fit moving forward. Uh, and I will leave the links for that in this week's show notes. But until the next time we talk, as always, you know how we wrap these up. Make an impact, start with self, and be you.